This fucking guy. Hello, my chestnut praline lattes. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and dick weasels that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm your teenage dream, Ren Martinez. And I'm just a teenage dirtbag baby, Ginger Golub. I do have to say, uh, Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Uh Not my favorite song, but I'm really embarrassed to say this. The Glee cover featuring Darren Chris. Oh my god, the Glee cover featuring Darren Chris. So good. I am such a nerd. Um, Acapella, like versions always sort of have my heart in a way. I was about to say they're always better and that is categorically that not is true. That is not true. And the thing is with Glee is that like, I'm not going to go into Glee as far as like <laughs> an issue, but um, you know, you have like Teenage Dream, which was excellent and then you have Let's Have a Kiki, which oh, is Jesus. proof that God is dead. Oh Jesus, yeah. So... So, is there anything other than that that you need to scream into the void? Actually, there is. Um, there is a Reddit post that was posted on uh, legal advice. Mm-hmm. Dude is an employee at a restaurant in Arizona. Uh-huh. And he got fired because people are uncomfortable because he's Chinese and they don't want to get contaminated with coronavirus. Oh, God. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. So it's like a lovely little uh, little bit of racism. A little bit of, little of racism for this day. It's, it is, there has been a whole spate of articles this week about like, maybe it's connected to their marketplaces and their food. Why would it be that all of a sudden? Well, it, it, it's the racism. It, yeah. It's the racism. Yeah, people... On that note... Mm. <laughs> Sounds like we might need some therapy. Yeah. Let's get to it. All right, Ginger. You sitting back? Are you relaxing as much as your poor beleaguered nerves will let you? Oh, as much as my poor beleaguered nerves will let me, yes. (laughs) So now that we're here in this space, why don't you tell me about this fucking guy? So... This fucking guy was uh, a request from listener Rhonda. Thank you, Rhonda. Um, oh, thanks, Rhonda. Thanks, Rhonda. Uh, and this is probably as good a time as any to cover this person, who is always one of the inevitable ones. Ren, you know about Phyllis Schleifley? Oh, he's Kate Blanchett. <laughs> but not. But, but without, like, the hot lesbian vibes. Right. Yeah. Oh, I would totally. Totally oh, bone Kate Blanchett. Mm. Please step on me. Um, <laughs> Kate Blanchett is a top. Let's not even okay. pretend. I, ju- I just didn't know the stepping on you was a thing that you particularly enjoyed, and now, like, I'm enlightened. With Kate Blanchett. With Kate Blanchett. That's In her perfect shoes. That's <laughs> the qualifier. It has, to be, it has to be Kate Blanchett. But anyway, yes, I'm familiar that she's the lady who had very poofy hair and, like, really liked... Uh, like a, like a, what, what the heck is it? It's not a pantsuit when it's a skirt. Like a skirt suit. A skirt suit, but like always tweed. Yes. Always tweed, always kind of red or pink. Right. Um, she's basically, um, 
the Dolores Umbridge of American politics. Yes. Oh, oh, that's, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, what a good comparison. <laughs> this is one of those weird weeks. I thought that there was going to be just no end to the biographical information I was going to be able to dig up on her. But she has done, even posthumously, such a good job of making sure that all of the authorities about her are like her own people. That's not shady. This was hard to research. So some of it's just going to also devolve into me screaming because I could not watch like the Eagle Forum uh, video of Phyllis Schlafly talking about why Donald Trump's the second coming of Jesus. Like, I couldn't. And it has those, like, glitter gifts of bald eagles in the corner. Yes. It's on uh, GeoCities. Yeah. (laughs) So, Phyllis Schlafly, I'm gonna say it's Schlafly. Is it Schlafly? Is it Schlafly? Is there an L in there? Is there two L's? I think it's a Schlafly. Schlafly? Schlafly? Phyllis. Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis was born Phyllis McAlpin Stewart and uh, was born and raised in St. Louis. During the Great Depression, her father faced long-term unemployment and her mother went back to work as a librarian and school teacher to support her family. Mrs. Stewart was able to keep the family afloat and maintain Phyllis in a Catholic girls' school. Mistake number one. <laughs> Mistake number one. Like... The thing is, you can go either two ways at a Catholic girl's school. You can either be, like, the fucking coolest person ever. Just, yes. like, skirt hiked up, kicking yeah. down trash cans, you know. Be like, the dyke you wish to see in the world. Nuns. Yeah. Or. Or. Or you get Phyllis Schlafly out of it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and they did. Um, she went to college. She, like, modeled her way through college. Ooh, ooh, show that shoulder pad, Phyllis. Mm, ooh, such a shoulder ooh. pad. Mm. Um, but the other thing she did was uh, she was like a munitions worker. Okay. Uh, because she was going to school in like the 40s, so World War II was on. Oh, right, so right, right. Um, she worked full-time testing ammunition at the St. Louis Ordnance Plant at night while attending the city's Washington University. She finished her degree in only three years. Here's the thing about Phyllis... Phyllis. Um, (laughs) The woman was a very smart woman. Yeah. Like she, like she, incredibly intelligent, great ability, or at least she was a good test taker. I, it's just so frustrating to me where this shit turns and like you have a perfectly educated, had so much potential, really ambitious in a way woman that well she was ambitious but for evil yes but for I, the I, devil i do think so like the way you're describing this the describing the story it's very like girl power hero origin story like i'm expecting captain marvel to show up yeah and instead i get you know but i'm ratchet. Al- but i'm also to agree like to a degree going like wait a minute did i imagine this or was this an ayn rand <laughs> You know, there's, there's, a, there's some buildings. of that, too. There's not um, enough buildings for this to be Iron Man. So, before she got married, she worked as a teacher at a private girls' school in St. Louis and uh, worked for a bank for which she published a newsletter on current affairs. Among the influential people who received it was a wealthy corporate lawyer, Fred... This one does have two L's. I don't fucking know what to believe anymore. Fred Schlafly. 
who was so impressed by the content that he called on the author and was dumbfounded to discover it was, as she put it, a girl. (gasps) (gasps) Girls can't write stuff. It was love at first sight, he wrote later. And in 1949, he and Phyllis were married. What a love story for the ages. Mm. You are inspired by someone's writing and then you're shocked that they have ovaries because women don't can't write nor think nor do anything see i see this as being kind of like a shakespeare in love mulan gambit where he was like why do i have such a boner for this man and his writing well first of all lee shang bisexual icon Mm. don't at me um (laughs) yes so she played a major role with her husband in 1957 writing a highly influential report the American Bar Association's report on communist tactics, strategy, and objectives. Because of course she did. Fucking of course she did. Wow, she really called up Ray Cohn and was like, yo, Roy, what's up? What's happening, bruh? I think what she really wanted to do was she wanted to be like Secretary of Defense, but felt like too self-conscious about being a lady. Look, be a lady. I, I can't even begin to understand the psychology of this. Like, at least I understood where Ayn Rand was coming from. Because Ayn Rand was coming from this place where it was like, well, yes, the communists did run you out of your fucking country. Well, not... We can't all be Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We can't, uh... You know? Mm. So in 1951, a group of local Republicans at odds with the party's establishment... Um, they were living in Illinois by this point. That is sort of important. Uh, They wanted uh, Fred to challenge uh, sort of the candidate that had been propped up by, you know, the powerful Illinois Republicans for the Republican congressional nomination. Fred wasn't interested and said, I'm not your guy. But his wife was. Which, like, okay, Good supportive husband. I don't have any animosity towards this person, largely because I haven't researched him. I love how you keep finding these, like, political backstories where it's, like, the small town political machines. Like, oh, well, we have to have you in the smoky room or whatever. (laughs) Um, I'm not making a Hamilton reference because just because you make a Hamilton reference doesn't mean you're memorable or memeable. Thank you. Thank you, fucking John John Bolton. Bolton. I'm glad you knew exactly what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fucking Sean um, Bolton. So he so he props up his wife to be the face of the the Republicans? The Republicans, because apparently like these guys' feet hurt and they didn't want to go to the next person on their list, so they were, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing in 1951 that this guy's like, no, my wife should run for Congress, and they're like, that's a great idea. Maybe it was less of a list and more of a sticky note. More of a sticky note. I mean, I don't know how many people were in Alton, Illinois to begin with. Much less how many were Republicans. Much less how many were Republicans. I'm sure there were people, but I'm sure they were outnumbered by cows. (laughs) So Phyllis threw herself into the campaign. She fired off a barrage of daily press releases for the local papers, speaking before any group that would have her and traveling from one end of the district to the other. She won the primary... In an upset, so she disrupted the political machine. She disrupted it. In the morning after her victory, she invited a photographer from the St. Louis Globe Democrat into her kitchen where she posed in a polka dot apron cooking eggs. Okay. Do you 
remember, like, the, this is reaching back into my childhood for I me. I imagine she was wearing more than just an apron, because I was about, I mean. Oh, otherwise that would be a very, very different, different photo sh- <laughs> spread and a very different <laughs> Phyllis Schlafly. <gasps> sexy Phyllis Schlafly Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. Oh. If we're going to do sexy costumes, we might as well do do the right ones. I mean, Just a helmet of hair and only a polka dot apron. It definitely sounds like Penthouse. You won't believe what happened to me. Um, I I won the Republican primary for my congressional <laughs> district. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. I don't know why eggs, though. I mean, cookies is, like, the classic one. Or, like, bread. But, like, eggs? Okay, Julia Child, get out. Well, if it's a photo spread and you're baking, like... You well, just sort of point to the oven and go, they're in there. Well, no, you pull them out and you're like, pose with the tray. I guess. Like, I've seen a red book cover. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's much more interesting than a pan full of, like, you know, splooge up in there. Like, Well, not if you do them like fried eggs and they sort of look like tits. Weird, weird tits. Weird eggy tits. <laughs> Weird eggy tits is my new my my new Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, so the district that she was running in was heavily Democratic, um, and her opponent was a five-term incumbent named Melvin Price. He he was he, you know he was a popular guy, but he was like an institution guy, establishment An establishment guy. Uh, breezily ignoring this fact, I don't know where I fucking copy pasted this from. Citations in the notes. Schlafly portrayed him as a committed ideologue when she wasn't attacking Price for championing, quote, big government and big spending and coddling communist sympathizers, quote, the New Deal Party was extremely slow in realizing the dangers of communism. But my opponent, Melvin Price, was even slower than most of his party. It's, this is like small town Illinois. Where are these communists? Are you kidding me? Like, uh, you, you probably have bed bugs. It's not communist. <laughs> Jesus. Do you think that she, like, had that uh, Oliver Sacks man who mistook his wife for a hat condition where she just <laughs> thinks that all bed bugs are, are communist? Like, she can't tell the difference? I mean, it, it, and I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I think there's every point in history where, like, um, I mean, it's for both parties, but, like, particularly the Republican Party, or at least the Conservative Party in America, because it's kind of new. But, like, as long as you have that one term and you just say your opponent is that term, then, like, that's all you have to argue. Yeah. Like, you're an abolitionist. Ooh. Like, you're a communist. Ooh. You're a feminist. Ooh. As long as you have some ist there, then, like, you don't have to have an argument. You can yeah. just point at them. and. So, oh, yeah. So she basically just accused, like, the Truman administration of treason, which, like... Maybe, but for other reasons. And uh, the administration, she declared, handed over atom bomb ingredients to the Reds, passed around a drawing of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, and practiced mind control techniques copied from the Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Who says elections have changed? Ooh, I mean... All she needs to talk about is how they're putting gay chemicals in the tap water to make the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> freaking frogs. And we have that trifecta. Um, she, she's quoted, Many government bureaus have developed extensive programs of brainwashing to push through socialized medicine and universal military training. Nixon Nixon wanted to have universal health care. I really want to emphasize that. 
Nixon. Nixon Bush, was in favor of the ERA. We're going to get into that. Healthcare. So, like, um, get out of here, Phyllis. Get out of here with your nonsense, Phyllis. Um, Price won. She did not win the election. I mean, okay, good. Yeah. Good, good. Um, but by the end of the campaign, he was so livid, he refused to even shake her hand. I mean... I would be, too. She did call him, like, a traitor to the nation and probably a whole host of other things. She probably, at one point, probably hinted that he was a homosexual. You know, that's how these things go. Phyllis wrote a bunch of stuff. In 1961, she published the pamphlet Inside the Communist Conspiracy, a reading list of books on the communist threat. Throughout the 1960s, she partnered with Rear Admiral Chester Ward to write her own books on American foreign policy. They be fucking. <laughs> she would never. <laughs> with titles... In an apron, cooking them eggs. <laughs> you, you want, do you want to hear some of the titles of I Bush would love books? to hear these titles. Grave Diggers. The Betrayers. Strike from Space, colon, a megadeth mystery. All of these are punk and hardcore bands. They are hardcore bands, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure my husband listens to at least the betrayers. <laughs> yeah, they fit well within the conservative anti-communism that believed Americans were losing the Cold War because they refused to fight it aggressively enough. When asked directly, she would scoff at the idea that she was held back by her gender and blame liberals or the Democrats for losing when she ran for Congress in the 1970s. Schlafly decided to go back to Washington University to study for a law degree because it would help in her... No. Yeah. Uh, of evil. <laughs> I know. It's like, don't, don't give her... Okay, so by this point, she was all up in arms about the Equal Rights Amendment. And the Equal Rights Amendment is basically just an amendment that says, we're going to leave gender out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like we have an amendment about you can't discriminate on the basis of race. This is, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex. What... A terrible thing. It has a couple more. It has a couple more wor well, words than just "we cool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, the the. I think the last time you mentioned the ERA on this episode was with the John Birch Society. Uh, in my not this episode, this podcast. In this podcast, I apologize, mm. but in this podcast, um, because the John Birch Society, uh, this was in our Christmas episode, um said the ERA would reduce us to animals. What a hot take. <laughs> Are there ERA wizards who will turn me into the possum I long to be? <laughs> Is this something I can petition for? <laughs> well, well, just, I guess, call up Alex Jones because his dad was part of the John Bird Society. Be like, Alex, give me that good juju. I want to be a possum. And Alex will turn me into a frog and then he'll turn the freaking frogs gay. You're already kind of gay. A little. <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly straight, but I'm not, eh. Mostly straight. Mostly gay. What do you have to say? So Phyllis was like anti-equal rights for women because I'm sure for some really great, well-sounded reasons. So her, re like the two reasons that I found over and over and over that were like her talking points for opposing the Equal Rights Amendment were one, that uh, women could be drafted. And that one is, like, semi-valid. Like... We should abolish the draft. Well, yes, we should. <laughs> but, but she wasn't willing to do that. And she also wasn't willing to be drafted. And any time anyone would bring up, well, you know, there might be some women that, like, want to serve in the army. She was like, well, then they should volunteer. 
but they did, and they couldn't get combat positions because there wasn't the ERA. Uh, the whole thing. Um, okay, Phyllis. Okay, Phyllis. Uh, the other one being that not having an equal rights amendment basically meant that all the laws in place that said men have to financially support their wives could stay in place. No, but we want financial freedom too, Phyllis. We want financial freedom too, Phyllis. Porque no los dos, Phyllis. Yeah, and she was concerned that this meant that, like, men might win children in custody battles. And they, women They might... already do, proportionately. Actually, if you look at the statistics, when a man actually contests custody of his children, he is more likely to win custody than the wife. Thanks, Kramer versus Kramer. Somebody Sex. needs Somebody needs to slap Dustin Hoffman back. Have we <laughs> talked about that? <laughs> There's a lot of people in Hollywood we need to slap, just in general. Most of the people are Dustin Hoffman, somehow. A lot of them are. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that was her sort of vague opposition to the Equal Rights Amendment. She definitely became, like, this really firebrand, conservative political organizer. Yeah, so she, she, she went to law school on the idea that it would strengthen her ability to, like, debate the ERA. So she was, you know, she was, I guess, thinking ahead. I mean, again, she clearly has, like, like, smarts and pluckiness and, like, go get them. But, like, it's all for the powers of evil. Yeah. Um, I think that's true about, like, people who get their law degree. Um, as someone who works with lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Susie Cream Cheese! These are the people who are like, I want to help people and, like, study the law. And then there's people who are like, I want to just fuck you, get mine. And that's, like, the two brands. Yeah. And then there's also, I guess there's also a third middle one that's just like, I wanted to just have some sort of job that made money and now I'm suffering in debt and now I'm a barista because, honestly, this makes my life way more happy. Don't go to law school, kids. <laughs> I have I have yet to hear anyone say it's a good idea. No. Anyone who's actually done it. All the lawyers we know have, again, said, don't do it. Please don't do this. This was a very bad idea. <laughs> I wish I hadn't done it. Help get me out. Um, but yeah, so so it's the 70s. She uh, has launched Stop ERA, the subtly named... Anti-feminist mm-hmm. organization uh, formed to prevent ratification of the Gender Equality Amendment. Uh, so when all of this was happening, when she decided, like, this is the hill I choose to die on, the ERA had been ratified uh, by 35 of the necessary 38 states. So it was going to become a constitutional amendment. Everybody was well happy about way. this. It was bipartisan. Nixon was very pro-ERA. Somehow. Carter was very pro-ERA somehow. Like, this was not a terribly controversial thing. Why until are she... you crashing this party, Phyllis? You weren't invited. Phyllis, no one asked you. So she crisscrossed the country, organizing Mormon, Evangelical, and Catholic women. Mm. Prayed upon. Prayed upon is a better word than organized. Yeah. Um Those women, mostly political neophytes, swarmed state conventions and successfully blocked ratification in the remaining 15 states and even persuaded five states to repeal their ratification. Yeah. She used her personal organization, the Eagle Forum, because of course she named it the Eagle Forum, which somehow sounds both like... Uh, a shitty conservative political organization, someone that would try to sell you a reverse mortgage... <laughs> uh, and his spokesperson is probably Sam Watterson. 
No, don't put that on Sam Waters. I'm just saying, he does a lot of those reverse mortgage things. Does he? Yeah, he does several of them. Oh, no, not Sam. Hey, man, you gotta get that money, honey. Mm. But was also, like, just arrested with Jane Fonda for protesting. So, like, I don't know where you're at, Sam Waterston. Call me. We'll do lunch. But, yeah, so they they won this fucking battle about the Equal Rights Amendment. Like, with that, they were attacking gay rights. They were attacking pornography. They were attacking abortion rights. Activist judges. And just also making it sound like all of those things were the same thing. What? You know, the, the gay abortion judges. The gay abortion judges. She was fighting oh. the gay abortion judges. This is really... I'm, I'm sorry, are the, are the judges gay who have abortions? Or are the abortions themselves gay? It is possible you're putting more thought into this than most of the people advocating for it. <laughs> I do want to say, like, I kind of appreciate the swag that she had to, like, bring... Uh, Mormon women, evangelical women, and Catholic women together because, like, this was still a time in history where Catholics were like, "Ooh, the yeah, they Catholics. didn't necessarily like each other like, that much." Ooh, but Kennedy was Catholic, and he might answer to the Pope. So, like, well, it was the seventies. It was maybe a little bit less like that because but, then everybody had a chance to be sad about Kennedy, and then they felt like maybe marginally different about Catholics because they're like, oh, "Catholics dude, can I, be sexy and I get got, shot too." I got stuff in my childhood, and again, former Catholic, uh, about. How, like, I was, they're like, oh, well, you worship the devil because you worship Mary. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What? And saying that I wasn't Christian somehow for being Catholic. And again, I'm like, I'm the original gangsta Christian. What are you talking about? I don't know. OG. I don't know that I've ever told this story on the podcast. I think I haven't. I may have told you and I apologize. But this is really bringing back to me the time that I was, I was like six or seven. I was like in second grade and little kids being little kids and throwing around words that they have just learned and being excited with. Like these two little girls uh, about my age on the way walking home stopped me and went, are you a virgin? And I went, no, I'm a Unitarian. Oh, that's fantabulous. Because the only context I had heard that word in at the tender age of like seven or eight was Christmas songs. Right. Like referring to Jesus and Mary as like virgins. I was like, oh, that must be the religious denomination. There's there's a meme where this this guy is like, uh, some, some some kid at school says like, you're a homosexual. And he doesn't understand what that means, so he goes, Jerry, you've been to my house. Because <laughs> he thought it meant you had no home. Um, yeah, same energy. Uh, but anyway, so Phyllis is going after these gay abortion judges. Yes. For all their gay abortions. She's going after these gay abortion judges. Um, and she's she's really choosing to die on this hill of, like, gender distinction is good. And gender distinction is important. She founded the Eagle Forum, which kind of came about in the middle of all of this in 1975, as the alternative to women's lib. And again, opposed the ERA on the grounds that it would take away the special protection the Christian tradition of chivalry offered women. Yep. If anybody, like, talks about chivalry with a straight face, run. I mean, I 
again, like, it's, it's, it's so sad because her argument is essentially, like, if we don't have these protections, like, women who don't have rights will not be protected. And then they're like, yeah, that's why we're going to give you rights. She's like, no, 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 no. But if you give us rights, we won't be protected because we have no rights. Phyllis, Phyllis, we're going to give them to you. Phyllis, <laughs> we're giving you the rights. Quote, we, the wives and working women, need you, dear senators and representatives, to protect us. I also want to clarify, this is clearly all white women. Like, oh, yeah. Clearly all oh, white women. Oh, yes. Certainly. Not too surprisingly, Betty for Dan once said she'd like to burn Schleifley at the stake. <laughs> Betty, go off. And, and she was also doing this shit, like, uh, my notes note that somebody threw a pie in her face. Uh, she, she was coming to, like, the legislator with fresh-baked homemade bread and pies for the legislators to try to win them over with food. And it's really galling to me how well that worked. I mean, yeah, because all these men are still sexist prigs. And so if you're like, hey, man, sexism means you get pie. So to speak. Hey. Hey. It's like when I was a college freshman and I kept getting invited to spaghetti socials at churches and I was like, well, I'm poor. Um, but then would just sort of like try to run out the back door before they started talking to me about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go Bye. Schlafly told Time Magazine in 1978, I have canceled speeches whenever my husband thought that I had been away from home too much. And she, like, frequently thanked him for allowing her to be there. I'm really excited to see Kate Blanchett in this film, in this TV show, whatever, because I'm pretty sure that they're going to portray the husband being like, fuck you, I did not want you to do this, get the fuck over yourself. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, that that's sort of almost how I want to imagine her. I want to believe that this was an act. I think it's clearly a narrative. And it's not that she doesn't believe in the narrative. But, like, if facts don't fit in the narrative, clearly she's going to adjust the facts. As evidenced by her Wikipedia history, I guess? Do you want to know what uh, Phyllis Schlafly thought about marital rape? I'm guessing it's great. I'm guessing it's well-reasoned, and, um... She said, quote, mm. By getting married, the woman has consented to sex. I don't think you can call it rape. She called Roe v. Wade the worst decision in the history of the U.S. Supreme Court and said, yeah, that, and said that it is, quote, responsible for killing millions of unborn babies. I mean, if, you, if you're going to believe that conceit, sure, believe it well, wholeheartedly. I, mean, I don't well, give a I shit. Well, I mean, abortion was happening before Roe v. Wade. Yeah. So, like, millions of unborn fetuses were being aborted prior I and then after, I guess, because they're, they're both happening. Uh, over the... Oh, here, we're going to get back on one of our favorite t topics, the United Nations. Oh, you love the United Nations. She hated the United Nations. Of course. On the 50th anniversary of the UN in 1995, she referred to it as, quote, a cause for mourning, not celebration. It is a monument to foolish hopes, embarrassing compromises, betrayal of our servicemen, and a steady stream of insults to our nation. It is a Trojan horse that carries the enemy into our midst and lures Americans to ride under alien insignia to fight and die in faraway lands. 
but you want to go after the Reds, Phyllis. What the fuck? I think her entire thing is that she really wanted to be like a foreign policy lady, but she thought that she would get more attention doing this. She clearly is a lady who could have been like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, she could have been like... Oh, yeah. Could have been like a contender, but she, you know, really liked to bake, I guess, and hating women, I guess. There's a lot of internal misogyny Meh. going on here. Uh, during the Cold War, you will not be surprised that Schlafly opposed arms control agreements with the Soviet Union. In 1961, she wrote that arms control will not stop red aggression any more than disarming our local police will stop murder, theft, and rape. Red aggression's also a hardcore band. It, it is, yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, yeah, damn those commies. You want to guess what she thought about gay marriage? A combination of sin, an affront against God, and also something about how anal sex is gross. Eh. Uh, I thought you. I thought you were going to use the number one keyword. What's the What's the number one keyword? Attacks on the definition of marriage as the oh, union of oh. one man and one woman come from the gay lobby seeking social recognition of their lifestyle oh, lifestyle we were looking for lifestyles honestly the homosexual lifestyle is one foot of glitter fabulosity and like in really lot, good lots clothes. of in lots of home flipping right they're like, improving your neighborhood phyllis right? shut the fuck up get out of here they're increasing your property values <laughs> if, the, if we, we know if the homosexual lifestyle is a threat to anything it is affordable rent <laughs> In 1992, their eldest son, John, was outed as a homosexual by Queer Week magazine. Oh, no. Oh. acknowledged that John is gay, but stated he embraces his mother's views. Poor which is the baby. creepiest thing she could have said. She sucks from my teeth of homophobia. Like, seriously, he's still... Like, up until her death, he still, like, worked for her and was like, I'm against gay marriage. I'm sure his boyfriends were very annoyed. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of that, like, conversion therapy shit that was like, see, like, I'm a gay man, but I married a woman because of God and, like, lifestyle. Hey. Lo she backed Sarah Palin as a running mate for John McCain. <laughs> saying that... <laughs> That's honestly the most ridiculous thing he's done. <laughs> saying that an organized mother puts it all together. Oh, although, although, she felt that the U.S. would not benefit from having a female president and was a firm, firm supporter of... Donald Trump! Yeah, that's where it was going to go. Saying, quote, our greatest presidents have all been men and they've all been very good for our country. Phyllis, what? Phyllis, all of our worst presidents have also been men. What? What a take. What a... All of the best presidents have been men. They've only been men, Phyllis. They've only been men. I mean, I guess if your Venn diagram's a circle, then it's gonna come true. I don't... This is where the, like, really bad manipulation of statistics comes in. It's beautiful. Also, like, they've all been men and done great things for this country. It's like... We're just going to ignore everything. Blessed be unto the goddess. Schleifley died of cancer on September 5th, 2016 at her home in Ledoux Meds... Ledoux. <laughs> Ledoux. 
did not practice this one <laughs> at Ledoux, Missouri at the age of 92. Wow. 92 Ledoux. 92 Ledoux. Um, like, so she, she was like, a, she wrote like a whole book called The Conservative Case for Donald Trump and then died I, two months before the election, oh no. which gives me a little bit of joy. You didn't get to see your dreams realized. She didn't get to see her dreams realized and I'm fucking glad about it because fuck you, fuck Phyllis Schlafly. Um, we may have to do, I went on WikiQuote at one point, it was just too much we may have to do a bonus episode at some point that's just a uh, live reading maybe of your husband saying all of the uh we will absolutely get quotes. him to, to 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 read some quotes but yeah that's gonna be all for us this week's folks well before oh, we wait a minute I didn't give you any fucking self-care tips. You did not give me any self-care tips. I mean, uh, I didn't write them because I was screaming so much while I was researching this particular one. I mean, that's understandable. One. So, like, l- mm, off the top of the dome, uh, my ser- self-care tips are, like, vote in the fucking primary. Hey. It's, it's happening, like, approximately now, depending on where you're listening. If you're listening in the U.S., if you're not listening in the U.S., how? I'm impressed. Please tweet at us. Um, <laughs> support other women, but sort of know your limits on that particular support fucking women, one. Support women, but feel free to call them out on their bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, don't go to law school. Don't go to law school don't. being my number one tip for self-care. I think that's really fair. Oh, in, in sort of postscript on the Equal Rights Amendment, like, we are people who live in Virginia. We, of course, know that the... Uh, Virginia legislature ratified the Equal Rights Amendment earlier this month. There's going to be, like, a whole court battle over this because, theoretically, the ability to ratify expired back in the 70s, but also they put that in the prologue to the amendment and not the actual amendment. So there are some people arguing that it does not apply. The point is, why not? I mean, we wrote the The damn thing. We can amend it. I'm fine with it at this point. It's, like, even less revolutionary than it was in the 70s. Right. So, like, call your legislators and tell them good job. Because at this point, you don't have to tell them to make an opinion anymore. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, But, yes, all for this week, folks. Where was I? (laughs) Well, if you like what you're hearing, as well you should... Uh, check us out on uh, the social meds. Basically, everything is this FN guy pod. This yeah. FN Guy Pod. All of the social meds. Yes, you can also find our website uh, at femalepsychopath.info. You can! I'm so happy about that. Uh, I'm just going to keep mentioning it. Um, but as always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am still Red Martinez. And here's a bonus self-care tip. Floss your damn teeth. Yeah. And don't, don't be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace. This fucking guy.